Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, scumbags. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. With your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It is me, Ellie Gibson. And it's me, Helen Thorne. Do I sound overexcited? You are overexcited, Ellie. It's because I am, that's right. <laughs> Who's our guest today, Helen? It's Dr. Ronkin Chatterjee. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Look, do you know, I've, I've got a special thing that I'm going to say as well. I've been practicing this all day. I bet you've never heard this before. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. The doctor is in the house. Yeah. <laughs> you've never heard that before. You've never, never heard ever. That before. Do you know what? I've never heard it on a podcast. <laughs> Wow, I've never heard on You're a that so is a, nice. a You're not listening first. to enough podcasts. No, absolutely. And we were absolutely honoured to uh, meet you on the day of the marathon last I, year. I, I remember it well. I was just um, telling Emma on the way here that I, I remember it, you know, in that tent just beforehand, meeting you guys. And it was just so lovely. You know, I loved the energy. It was, yeah, super nice. And I remember at the time saying 100% coming on the show, I'd be delighted to. As we cornered yes, you. That's we're yeah, about to run 26 miles. Commit to our podcast. <laughs> well, here we are. And, and it works. Yeah. That's right. We can be very forceful. Um, speaking of sponsorship, as we were, just like this segue. Yes. Speaking of sponsorship, which we were for the marathon, mm. we've got a sponsor for the podcast. But I... it isn't a charity. It's not for charity. No, no, it's, it's for, for us. us. Yeah. Personal financial gain. You go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm really excited about this uh, sponsor because it's by Muno. By Muno. By Muno. And you've used by Muno, haven't you? I have. I like how we're saying it like it's a fashion brand. Pants by Muno. It's not a fashion brand. It's a mate. It's a magic powder. I mean, they don't say it's magic. That's mine. That's probably yeah. a legal term you can't use, isn't it? It's not as that as actual magic. It's but, gut um, health stuff. Ellie. It's gut health stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's I have really used good. It. And I like it. So we're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about gut health and, and prebiotics. Or pre- You've written on the running order prebiotics. What's pre- is that a cross between prebiotics and probiotics? Um, prebiotics. You know I'm not good at the spellings, Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, prebiotics. We'll talk about prebiotics later <laughs> in the episode. But first, now, for anyone who for some reason is not familiar with your work, Dr. Rongan, who are you, Dr. Rongan Chatterjee? Oh, who am I? That's a pretty oh, deep question. Deep. Sometimes people go deep. That's all right. Go with it. Go with what you feel. Um, who am I? Well, I guess the simple answer is I'm a doctor. I've been practicing for twenty, nearly 21 years now. Uh, I'm passionate that there's so much that we can all do to look after our own health and happiness. I'm passionate about lifestyle. I'm passionate about empowering people. And I guess to try and keep this short, I what I want to do with my patients, what I want to do with my podcast listeners or readers of my books is empower them to feel that they've got agency over their lives and they can make small decisions every day that's going to massively impact the way that they feel in the short term, but also 
kind of their long-term health and happiness. That's probably how I'd uh, probably how I'd summarise it. That's brilliant. Mm. And and you've been a doctor on the BBC as well. Is that right? You've had a TV show. Is it called Doctor in the Arts? Yeah. Um, is it? Yes. Oh, I thought you were referring to that. Before. No. Because I you just, don't know that. No. So that was an original <laughs> That's thought. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> That's his TV show, Ellie. <laughs> you didn't Wikipedia him, no. but like I did well, I before. I listened to his podcast. I've read his books. He didn't know he was a multimedia no. Oh, he is now. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, that well was a done. few years ago. Yeah. That was a okay. few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, maybe I'm one of those cool people who doesn't have a television. It's <laughs> not true. I've watched 48 episodes of Married at First Serial. threw your hair week. back yeah, as you yeah, did that. That was... Uh... The hair poof, we called yeah. it. Um, uh, anyway, Doctor in the House. Actually, I've got a mole I want you to have a look at later, but maybe we'll do that after the end of the podcast. Mm. Um, but what I like about... You, you talk a lot on your, on your podcast about how you are an NHS doctor and you're is it classically trained. Is that the phrase? That makes it sound like you learn the violin. Yeah. But you know what I mean. But yeah. you, you, you sort of... You like looking at the whole person, the whole lifestyle. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I thought when I went to medical school that I was going to be taught all the things that I needed to help my patients. And... I think, you know, when you go at 18 or 19, that's a pretty reasonable thing to think, right? Yeah, you yeah, think yeah. that's what you're going to be taught. And, you know, medical school training was great for some things, but it wasn't great for everything. In fact, it wasn't great for most of the things that I see, which, you know, it's quite challenging when you've made that your career and you're suddenly thinking, you know, I remember in one of my early days as a GP, like I remember at the end of the day thinking how many people have I really helped here? And I looked at this list of patients, and I think I'd seen between 40 and 50 patients that day, and I went through and I thought, I've only really helped 20% of people. Mm. Like the other 80%, I've done something. Like I've referred them somewhere for a test. I've um, sent them for something, referred them to a specialist, or, you know, more commonly, given them a pill to suppress a symptom that honestly felt like a sticking plaster half the time. Like, I just thought, you know what? That's not really getting to the root cause. They're going to be back, mm-hmm. right? And and I just asked myself, do you really want to do this and practice like this for the next 40 years? Mm. I thought, I can't do it. It's not, I just, I can't do this for 40 years. I, I need to understand what's driving all of these problems. Mm. And, you know, quite simply, 80% of what we see as doctors, as GPs, is in some way, right, in some way related to our collective modern lifestyles. Now, just to be clear, I'm not blaming people, right? I'm not trying to say to people, you are doing this to yourself. What I'm saying is the way modern life is set up, whether it be the poor food choices that are so easy for all of us to make every day, or the fact that we are chained to desks and chairs so we actually can't move our bodies in the way that we're designed to, or the fact that you know, we've got too much work stress and not enough time to do the things that we're passionate about or the fact that we've got infinite distractions now to keep us up late. So, you know, we're, our sleep now is competing with Netflix box sets. In a oh, way. I've been binge-watching Doctor in the House. It's absolutely... <laughs> I can't get anything done. I think I to bed till four. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's kind of... One the, of your pillars is coming down, Ellie. The fourth pillar is wrong. My pillars are cheese, wine and married at first start Australia. Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but but like in specific, I guess, to, you know, this podcast and, you know, you guys as mums, me as a dad, like even the way that we have to parents now, you know, we're, we're, we're very, we don't live, 
We don't grow up in communities and tribes like we have done for most of human evolution, mm. right? Many of us move to a different city for work. You know, we're no longer, many of us have our parents nearby or our friends and our tribe and our community. So it's left now um, often to one person or two people to do all the care needs for a child and uh, somehow try and nourish a relationship at the same time and do your job. Like it's toxic and... Of course, we've got problems with, you know, too much sugar, too much booze, uh, too much porn, too much whatever, because these are symptoms, I think, in many occasions of the way that we are living our lives. So bringing that back to what I see, I'm always trying to help my patients understand what is the root cause of their problem. It doesn't mean they can always do something straight away. It doesn't mean I can magically, mm. like, change something, but I can help empower them to go, hey, look, I wonder if this is impacting you and this manifests in so many different ways anxiety depression uh, fatigue burnout low energy uh, migraines gut problems right gut problems are huge and we don't realize that actually we're so knackered and stressed out a lot of the time one of the things your body will do when it feels stress is it will switch off your gut function because stress implies danger. Stress means we've got to be running away from a tiger effectively to the body. So the things that are necessary for your survival get activated. The things that aren't, namely your gut health and your libido, go through the floor, right? Mm -hmm. So which is, and we see those problems coming in. Oh, doctor, you know, I'm struggling with my sex drive. We see that in young men, young she's women. Not, can I just say, she's absolutely fine. Oh, is she fine? She's I'm recently single. I'm having a very lovely time, yes. <laughs> but, but, she's going to be struck off Tinder if she carries on like this. That's all right. I've completed it anyway. <laughs> but, but the truth is, I mean, low libido is a massive issue, mm. right? I bet you there's people listening now to this, to this podcast um, let's say there's mums or a mum listening to this right now who actually will be struggling with this because this is what we see. This is going on. Real people with real lives. And there's many reasons for it. But being stressed is, I think, reason number one. Mm. You know, if, if you're feeling stressed and your body thinks it's under attack, that's where the resource goes. You don't need to be able to chill out and procreate with your partner in that moment. So your body doesn't do it. You don't have a desire to do it. So my big goal is to try and empower people, not to lecture people. Like I I hope, I really hope I've never lectured a patient. I don't think I have. What I try and do is kind of share information. Yeah. No, the libido thing, because mm. people recognise that. And we've all, yeah. especially when your kids are really little and you're just like, you know, again, Not I said in the now. show, some days you wake up and think, oh, yeah. And then by about half past five, <laughs> by the time you've done, cleaned up all the poo and done the nursery drop-offs and the Sainsbury's yeah. and cooked the tea, you're just like, oh, fuck off. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's nothing to do with your partner. It's to do with everything else, but, right? But yeah, and we, and we do laugh about it. But actually this is... Whatever the cause of it, the reality is, is this is tearing up the fabric of certain relationships, the the kind of disharmony this is causing, the friction between people, which then manifests in other ways. Like, you know, if one partner has got a different um, sex drive to the other partner, you suddenly have got a problem because there's a mismatch. Mm. And both parties will see it differently. And they'll have their own needs and desires. And that friction causes relationship problems. It causes stress and pressure that then often comes out onto the children. It leads to more drinking to kind of numb that discomfort. And so 
like I don't want to paint a negative picture, right? I mean, this is it's kind of, but I think we need a bit of honesty to understand that actually this stuff is going on. It's good to laugh about it, right? It makes people feel better for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's nonetheless, it is very very real. Well, yeah. what do you do then if someone comes to your surgery and says says that says basically I've got no libido and and I'm you know and I'm reading these things on Instagram everybody's doing yoga and meditation and I don't have the capacity for that I don't have the time I don't have the energy yeah. you know what what how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean this is really common. So we've got a kind of almost a pandemic of information now, right? There's 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 just so much info out there. Like if you want to work on your health, right? You go on Instagram, you follow a few influencers, like, oh, you know, what should I do? Should I do yoga, Pilates? Uh, should I do run a marathon? Should I do hit training? Should I, you know, it, it's too much. There's too much choice. Mm. Um, so my approach is always to be very individual and ask them what appeals to them. So for example, it might go like, you know, assuming there's no other cause, assuming that I've done blood tests and I've determined that actually I think that the stress in your life is putting such an impact on your body that that's why you have no sex drive. And actually, there's no pill I can give you that's going to miraculously fix that. What we need to do is, bit by bit, help you address that. Now, there's many ways in which we could do it, and I'll offer them suggestions. I'll say, look, what is it that appeals to you? Yeah, some people love yoga for this. Some people do one or two minutes of breath work in the morning. Um, some people like to go for a walk at lunchtime. Some people like meditation. And I always just try and get a sense for when do their eyes light up a little bit. Mm. You say that, oh, people will say, oh, you know, people don't want to make health changes. I, I just don't buy that at all. It's not consistent with what I've seen. What I've seen is that everyone wants to feel well. Right? We can joke about it when we don't, but everyone wants to feel well. Everyone's doing their best. Everyone's, you know, sometimes they feel they don't have time or energy. Um, so, you know, I'll give you an example. So I'm a big fan of morning routines because for me personally, it's helped me. Like I'm a, if I have a bit of time to myself in the morning, I'm calmer. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better doctor. When I don't, I'm a bit more reactive, a bit more stressy. On those days when I think I don't have time, and I'm like, I'm too busy today, I need to crack on with the emails. I always feel it later, right? I'm more reactive in the afternoon. I'm not quite as attentive and present as I would ideally like to be. So I have a bias that I think these things really help. And I remember chatting to, I can't remember how old she is now, I think she's about 42, maybe six, seven years ago, it's 42 or a lady came to see me. I think she was a single mum from recollection uh, and had two children. She had really, really bad skin. And she'd seen dermatologists, she'd been on various creams, but it, it was flaring up all the time. Mm. Now, I got to know her and I, I really sensed that actually she had a high stress load in her life. And I, as compassionately as I could, said to her, hey, look, I, I really think that stress is a huge driver off your skin flare-ups. I'm not necessarily saying it's causing it, but it's definitely exacerbating it and making it worse. You've got to be very careful as a doctor how you bring up stress, because I think as a profession, we've not been great at communicating, many of us, and therefore it's easy to make someone feel as though you are just trying to sort of mm. shove them off. Yeah, this is not yeah. real. Oh, it's just stress. Especially, I think, if it, it happens to men as well, but I know a lot of women that happens to totally. men. Or, or for, our, for our age group, it's often, mm. oh, it's the menopause, it's the menopause, it's the menopause. Or, or IBS. Yeah. Yeah, 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 These are the yeah. common things that I know patients will often come back and say, 
I feel like that other doctor didn't hear me. They just tried to put me in that box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I take that really seriously. It's like, okay, first and foremost, you know, I have this phrase when I'm teaching doctors, when they ask me what's the most important thing we can do with our patients. I said in 20 years, these four words are the most important thing, the way I see patient care. Connect first, educate second. And that's how I try and interact in all my relationships with my patients is don't rush to the education piece. Make sure you've connected. Make sure that they feel seen, that they feel heard, that they can see with your body language that you actually care. And if you take a bit of time for that and then you move on to the education, they're they're all ears. And then I think that you can expand that out further. Well, what am I talking about? I'm talking about a doctor-patient relationship. Well, what is that? It's a relationship. <laughs> is that, does that not hold true in any relationship in our lives, like with our partners, with our children? Right? I've learned this with my kids as well. Like, you know, you need, and it can be hard sometimes for sure, but they need to feel seen and heard like we all do. And when we don't have that, we're not that interested in what comes next. So going back to that patient, once I've connected with her, once she feels that I understand what she's going through, like I suggested a morning routine and, you know, <laughs> she wasn't uh, overly enamored with my suggestion initially <clears throat> because she's like, I don't have time. You know, I've got to get my kids ready. I said, okay, okay. I said, what about five minutes? Could you have five minutes, you reckon? You know, even if your kids are in a different room, they're tearing each other's hair out. Could you for five minutes? She said, mm. yeah, probably. I said, okay. So we came up with something together around these three M's that I talk about, um, mindfulness, movement, and mindset. I always try and make things really simple for people. And she did one minute of breathing. So a breath called the three, four, five breath, where you breathe in for three, hold for four, and breathe out for five. Really helpful at lowering stress. Why? Because every time your out breath is longer than your in breath, you switch off your stress system and you help activate the relaxation part of your nervous system. Okay, super simple. Free takes one minute. One minute of that. She did two minutes of yoga after that. That's her movement. And then for two minutes, she would do affirmations. So which are short statements of the present tense that you say to yourself, like, I can't remember which one she used, but like, you know, I'm calm, happy and stress-free. I'm calm, happy and stress-free. I'm horny. That'd be mine. (laughs) Yeah, but you know. Exactly. Get ready on the horse. I like young men. (laughs) (laughs) But... You know, the, the truth is these affirmations can work. There's yeah. good evidence on them. And so for her, right, and this is this is why I think we all need to figure out what works for us. For her, she would wake up every morning. She would literally do this five minutes. Brilliant, yeah. And she felt better. She felt calmer. She had less stress. Mm. And check this. A few weeks later, she comes back. She says, I'm feeling better. My skin is way, way better. Wow. About three or four months in, she was getting less than 50% of the flare that she was getting before. And her and I are both convinced that was from the lower stress load. Now, it wasn't just that. No. Right? That was one thing. That that gave her this feeling of calm that she'd never had in the morning. That led to what I call the ripple effect. So at lunchtime, then, instead of just staying in the canteen and staying on her phone, she couldn't be bothered. She just wanted to unwind and distract. Mm. She'd go for a 10-minute walk. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I, I'm so passionate about... You know, it doesn't have to be as hard 
as we think. Even five minutes of stress management a day. I mean, that's what a term. That's such a dry, meaningless term, stress management. It's it's like the circuit circuit breaker. That's what you want because I think when you're a mother... You, you just feel you've just got this cloud around you the whole time you're like and you nothing ever stops because there's always someone asking you a question or there's always something to do yeah the washing is never finished there's 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 no sense of completion you don't go oh well that's done because it's never done no, no the kids will always wake up in the night or, or, or whatever yeah. or you've always got to wash the PE kit and that's mm. what I found because I've been a mum now for 13 years and I just now I I'm much more disciplined about my my eating and my food, but that's taken time, and also the kids are less demanding now, and mm. all, and that. But in those early days when I had no money and no sleep, I was doing what you said because I, I will mention your book. What is your wonderful book that's coming out now? Doctor in the House. Yes, that's it. Doctor <laughs> Doctor Rongan knows it all. Um, but the new one's <laughs> called Happy Mind, Happy Life. Exactly, and I wanted to talk to you about Junk Happy, about where you talk about yeah. We we think these things like alcohol and fags and porn and other distractions will give us that instant hit. And that's what you look for, I reckon, especially when you're a young or new mother, because you're like, I'll just have a biscuit because I need the energy. Or I'll just, yeah, have, yeah. I'll just go into Facebook for 15 minutes while I'm on the loo because that's my me time. Yeah. And you get those instant hits and you and it's almost sort of like a little win. But actually, what you were saying about having a bit of meditation or yoga or, or other things actually give you a longer sustained happiness. And, and, and I think that's... But we're, we're so used to instant gratification. Yeah, it's and, never been easier. No, no. And it's so... so like, and, and also, I always used to think, and I'm, not, I'm trying not to drink as much, the wine was the reward. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be gagging for a wine at five o'clock going just got to get to five and then I can have a wine while I put the fish fingers on and stick sea babies on just so I can feel like the time out you know that was my circuit breaker yeah many people feel like that don't they you know wine o'clock you know what time can I get to that now let's (laughs) let's look back do do, do we think a thousand years ago humans felt that way in the evening I don't know wasn't alive then from what I researched I don't think it was a thing yeah I'm not even sure it was a thing a hundred years ago necessarily Mm. So it goes back to what I feel, which is it's the way we're having to live our lives, the way some of us are, I was going to say choosing to, but I don't necessarily think it's always a choice. You know, we we end up in situations that we end up in. And this is where I think as a doctor, I think we get public health messaging so, so wrong on so many things. Mm. One of them is... We try and tell people about their behavior. Okay, let's take alcohol. You brought it up, right? You should only drink this many units a week or no more than that. Okay, fine. There needs to be a guideline to help people. But telling people to drink less, I don't think really helps unless you help them understand the behavior, right? All behaviors in our life serve a role. They're there for a reason, right? So you're never going to change the behavior in the long term unless you help them understand mm. why are they turning to that. New, New Year's a classic example of this. People can do whatever they want for the first two weeks in January. Diet, you know, spinning four times a week, <laughs> quitting booze. Yeah, motivation sky high. The new year this year, it's going to yeah. be it. But suddenly second week, third week, you know, when life is still there, work is still stressful, you still have a few toxic relationships or whatever, oh, yeah, God, I need that glass. Like, mm. I need it. So 
I'm all about compassion and not judging people. Like it's fine if people are doing that. I'm not criticizing that at all. But if someone wants to reduce that, mm. they don't. It's completely fine. It's their choice if they want to. Understand what is that behavior doing for you, right? Is it because you haven't had any me time? Is it because you are feeling stressed out? Is it because you've had a row with your partner? Is it because you the kid's bedtime took too long, right? And you're frustrated. Okay, fine. Go ahead and have the glass, but at least now you're building in a bit of awareness, right? And then the next time, two nights later, or the next night, or the next week when you get that desire, mm. and if you want to reduce it, you're like, ah, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, last week I had it. I didn't sleep very well. I felt crap the following morning. I know why I need it now. It's because I worked through lunch. Like, by the time I'd washed all the kids' PE kit, got them to school, came back, I was late, I had to work through lunch, and then before I'd finished, now I've got to deal with them after school. Oh, okay. So maybe instead of going to turn into a glass of wine, maybe, you know, I'll nourish myself by running a bath. Mm. And I'll manage the stress in that way. Or I'll put on YouTube and do a quick 10-minute yoga sequence that I like. Or maybe I'm feeling lonely and I've had a crap day and I'm just left alone with the kids and my partner's not here or I don't have a partner. Actually, instead of making the wine bottle your friends, what you could do if you have friends or you could phone one of your mates, you could phone your mum or your dad. Mm. Can I phone you? Because I find talking to you very calming. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I mean? phone you. Yeah. That's what we're missing. If you just want to give your phone number out now, people can just give you a call. Put in the show notes, actually. Yes. Just between five and six. Hello, there's a doctor in the house. They could start like that. Yeah. But we are, are, right? We're starved of connection. Mm. And and therefore, a lot of the um, behaviours that we're trying our best to you know, berate ourselves for, Mm. right? You know, we talk so badly to ourselves sometimes in our heads, Mm. which we think is toxic, by the way. Sorry. We think it's trivial. Oh, why does it matter if I say in my head, oh man, I'm such a stupid idiot. I'm such a loser. Yeah. Right. Why does that matter? That's trivial. Actually, it it really matters a lot because we're now seeing from the the science that when you talk to yourself like that in a non-self-compassionate way, as many of us do, right? That's stress. Your body's stress response gets elevated. Your body thinks it's under threat. So the way we talk to ourselves is really important. Uh, you know, talking about parenting, if we don't fix the way that we talk to ourselves, guess who picks up on it and starts to do it to themselves as well? Mm. You know, it's our kids. And, yeah. you know, and I've... For me, one of my biggest drives for personal growth in myself has been to be a better dad. Like when I would do things or I would see certain patterns, I think, well, hey, Rongan, you know, you could tell them not to do that, but they're just copying you. Yeah. And that's my, I, I tell you, my biggest learning in 11 years of being a parent is kids do not do what you tell them to do. They do what they see you doing. Mm. And I think I think that's it was really interesting um, reading in your book about screen time and phones and the way you, you talk about that disconnect when you've got a phone in your hand and you're that often symbolising that the phone is more important than them. And you were saying that now that you go into a different room, if you're going to use a phone, just so... Because I, I, I see that as well and I feel like I have to have my phone because I'm like, I'm a freelancer and I what if I need this email and I... 
And then I'm, I'm, I've literally held my phone going, get off the screens, kids. And yeah. then I'm thinking, what are you doing, you fucking yeah. hypocrite? And it's really hard. And I think, but I need it. And I thought, no, I don't. The world is not going to end. Nothing really matters for half an hour. Yeah. Like no screens at the, t- you know, dinner table and all that sort of stuff. But it, it is, it, and I love it. Her- it's so yeah. hard. It's I, hard. I, I, it's the I most decided, exciting thing in your life. I like think after phone. listening to you talking about it, I was like, I'm going to have a rule that if my child comes in the room, I just put the phone down and I don't look at the phone when my child is in the room and that's going to be very noble and I'm going to be an excellent mum and my children are going to be completely unfucked up I'm going to be better than everybody else at this Um, so I started doing that right and then um, I I do do it but then after a while I noticed that they'd be like I'd be like um, oh why don't you go and get that book that we were going to read Uh, and have a cheeky look I'll have a cheeky. And I could just quickly check. I was just like, we've all done it, right? Have we? Thank you. Because no, I've no, been totally. really bad about it. I'm trying to notice that now and yeah. kind of don't yeah, but, do but, that. Can, but, can, that is wonderful, though. What you just shared, I think, because you you're aware. Like I don't like awareness is so important. Mm. Just being aware doesn't mean we can change stuff straight away. But without the awareness, there's no hope we're going to change stuff. And you know. I remember when 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 I was starting to write this this book, I I was I wanted to do one chapter on on phones and technology, not the whole book, but just one chapter. And it's something that I first said, I think, to Ariana Huffington when she was on my podcast a couple of years ago. I said to her, "Excellent name drop, by the way." Oh, was it? Oh, yes, yeah, really. I didn't mean we've, to do that. No, no, we've, we've had her in six or seven times. Actually, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah, yeah, she's my uh, child's godmother. Um, but yes, do go. So, Ari, Ari, Ari to you guys, I'm sure. But um, I, I remember. <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, did you say Huffington or Grande? Because we're friends with both. We get very confused. We get so confused. But I said to her, I said to the. No human being can compete with what's on your phone. Mm. Right? And, and a really especially those dick pics. I've I was going to say, especially what's on your fucking phone. Oh, all that video the other night, lovely. <laughs> Sorry, do go on. But it's but, but, but exactly what you guys are saying. <laughs> yes, is spot on. Right, that your phone has a record of everything you've clicked on, everything you've liked. Every uh, oh god. photo you swear at. Oh god! Any video <laughs> you searched for. Get the phones. Put them in the toilet now. Flush, flush, flush. Burn them. But but even if it's off and there, your brain knows what that is a portal to, mm. right? So mm. I realised that actually, your wife, your husband, your partner, your children, they cannot compete with what is on that phone. And for me, that was a real pivotal realisation. It's like, hold on a minute. Right, there is, like I write in the book, this section called There's a Cost to Convenience, right? So you were talking about being a freelancer mm. and how you sometimes feel the need, well, I need the phone there in case something comes in. And yeah. look, I don't claim to know the pressures off your work or what you do or what you don't need, but there is a cost to having that phone with us all the time. There may be a benefit. The benefit may be that people can get me. I can respond straight away if someone comes in and there's some work. Okay, but there's also... A cost to that and when we look at technology like we all have a bias myself included to look at the benefits oh isn't it great it can do this it can do that and there are loads of benefits but we forget about the cost and the cost for many of us is our relationships right this is there was a study that i write about where i think it was in america where they've literally looked at parents who go around a museum with their kids when their phone's present and when their phone's not present 
the experience is completely different, both for the parents and for the children. There's more connectedness. They enjoy the experience more. I'm not saying that to make anyone feel bad, right? I, I promise you, I am not perfect at this. But those phones, you know, we smile 30% less when our phone is present, even if it's turned off. Right, we smile less. This kind of basic human interaction that connects us with each other. We don't do it as much. These things are changing the fabric of our lives, some for the good, some for the for the bad. And so I feel when it comes to this is why for me, and you know, I try my best to not be on my phone around my children. Am I perfect? No. Right? Does it sometimes happen? Yes. Um I re- God, I remember when I was about I think my daughter was about four. And I remember, like it was a weekend. And I think I was meant to be playing with her in the living room. I was not meant to be. I was playing with her in the living room. But I think I'd posted on Instagram a couple of hours before. I I wanted to have a look. Yeah. Right? It's a really human thing. I wanted to have a look. Dopamine hit. Yeah, so I I sort of went out of the living room into the kitchen. Like, I don't know, under the guise of what, but a little cheeky little look and whatever and I can't remember exactly how it went down but at one point my daughter said to me daddy you're not really here are you ouch Ooh. oh man yeah. that was like a wow. dagger in my heart oh that's a, yeah, yeah that's and a I thought mm. and she was bang on like yeah I wasn't really there I was physically present with her yeah. but emotionally I was a million miles away and relationships frankly you know, I think our phones are often the third party in many of our romantic relationships. You know, we're having kind of it's quite provocative. We're having affairs with our phones. You know, and I, the amount of there's a there's sometimes quite... literally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I. I. Yeah. That my my husband had an affair, and um, anyway, it, <laughs> the phone was very much heavily involved in that. Whereas, as all and that, and so many people find out about affairs through seeing their partner's phone yeah. and 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 also now that i'm on um you know tinder bumble hinge um there are so many men who don't put a picture of their face but say i'm married but i just want a bit on the side and so it's very clear through their phones that they can access sex and you know um affairs and things like that and i thought um one of the yeah that was very confronting after being uh, experiencing an affair seeing how easy it was for my husband to get that you know to to experience that and i think that was very um yeah it was, it's so interesting because that wouldn't happen what 10 15 years it couldn't ago. happen it, it what, couldn't no it, it's too and this is i think a fundamental issue we have in society at the moment is the ease with which we can access things yeah, yeah, yeah. to distract us to take us away from our lives to escape mm. it's never been easier yeah right it has never ever been easier sorry go on well I just I just in defense a little bit of of phones and technology I think I think everything you said is true and I I agree with all of it but I do think sometimes we I think it's good to I think that sometimes phones can be really good and I remember like being like a breastfeeding mum up with a baby up all night Mm. and to be able to have something to look at or to be able to I know you've like when you were going for what happened with your husband after he'd gone being able to message your friends in Australia in the middle of the night yeah that was a lifesaver like to connect with people like that at 3am going I, I don't know, you yeah. know, I hadn't slept for days and I was like, you know, and just to call my mum in the middle I, of the I night. I think that's such yeah. a great yeah. point and yeah. I, I don't want to come across as anti-phone any way at all. No. The point I'm trying to make is when it comes to relationships, 
right? So whatever that relationship is, whether it's with your partner, with your child, with your friends, we all know that feeling when you're with a friend and you're sort of talking, they're kind of half looking at something on their phone, mm. right? Uh, the amount of, um, and there's this case study I, I share in the book about this woman who came to see me who was really struggling with all kinds of things, including her relationship with her husband. And actually, she would get home from uh, work and after dinner, she, you know, her husband would be trying to talk to her and she would be stuck in her phone trying to do work emails under the guise of, I need to do this for work, mm. right? And I think there's something different. There's something I think quite toxic about when we do it on our phone compared to when we do it on our laptop. Like if we're sitting at a table on our laptop, it almost gives a signal in some way that, you know, I am working now, there's this thing in front of me. But when we sort of half do it whilst trying to interact with someone, I think the message we send is very, very different. So mm. people can do what they want. It's more to say, look, if you're struggling with connection with a relationship in your life, you may find yeah. some phone-free time around that connection may be beneficial. You know, and again, I, I agree totally. I agree. I'm, I'm, I guess my, my question is is how do we find that balance? Yeah. Like yeah. because I think it is about. I don't think we should flush all the phones down the toilet. No. Mine was very expensive. In my view, you know, these things are built to be addictive. There's no question about that, right? Mm. It's not a personal failing on our parts that we can't stop looking at them. They are very, very attractive. You know, there's so much on there we want to see. So it's not that we, you know, and depending on where you want to get, you know, a lot of people argue this has been done intentionally, right? So it's not, mm. you know, that these apps are designed to be sticky, so you can't stop and you have to keep looking so i think a good starting point for people well a really really basic starting point going you know something that changed my life a few years ago is take off notifications yeah i've done oh that's that's the dream i mean it's so simple right it's like a holiday it's like a holiday (laughs) like do you need to know every time someone has liked or commented on your last post Mm. it just it's a small thing that puts you in control you can try things like Meal times, mm. but it's just a bad experience for everyone. Like you connect, mm. and we can always make an excuse. Oh yeah, but I just need to do. I just need to do that. Okay, there is a cost to that. If you just need to do that, okay, fine, do it. But I kind of feel like you're breaking that magic circle when you're when you're having a meal together. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. And 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 you're right. And I like how you refer to it. Think of your phone as another human as another person in your life and how you deal with that and and um yeah and I think that's that's true and yeah I I know that I use my phone too much I'm really and especially after reading your book yesterday I was like going oh yeah I, I've got to put but it's that not away. you know it's yeah. not understanding it and going okay yeah. like what can I do you know that's for practical tips mm. go for a walk around the block without your phone what? What? What if I die? What if <laughs> right? I fall over? If you're if you're able to, like, you know, I appreciate not everyone can. They might need to be contacted for something. But if you can for twenty minutes, as a challenge, it is pretty freeing. Like one thing I used we used to do as a family, we've kind of fallen out of the habit of doing it now. Is on a Sunday morning we'd go to the local park. This when the kids were a lot younger, and we'd go without our phones. Oh my god! Like we'd. Sp- literally come back maybe two hours what later what have you seen a really amusing dog shit you want to take a picture of <laughs> but you know, you know what's amazing You come, we'd come back maybe two hours later I felt I'd been on holiday interesting yeah, yeah. I felt like I'd gone for a one week holiday somewhere that was the level of calm and relaxation I felt so 
you know, I would just say experiment, try it, see, see mm. what you see, how you feel. And I think as well, I've been thinking a lot recently about people talk about Facebook. When we talk about these things, people always talk about Facebook and Instagram a lot and Twitter and those things, right? I think possibly the worst one is WhatsApp. Yeah. Because although it's not a social media channel, so you're not, it's not dopamine hit in the same way. Mm. It's the blue ticks, right? And it's the thing of like someone messaging you and they know that you've read your message and it's that compulsion to like, oh, I've got a reply or they might think I'm rude and they might think I'm not doing it or I don't want to do it or do you know what I mean or like you know and I've had to like I've been working on like not just not reading messages as much and then you don't get the compulsion and also my friend told me about this you can turn off the thing that says tells people when you were last online or if you are online yeah and and you can't see when anyone else is online that's fine I don't really give a shit but like it I find that I've found that weirdly freeing to go it's actually nobody's business if i'm online yeah and even if i am online i might be busy doing something else it's something else and i can't deal with them and their thing at the moment yeah and it's bloody it's, brilliant it, i didn't even know you could do that to about a month ago and then someone well, told me and i was like oh. that's it all these apps they've got all these things pre-loaded on you have to go in it's not actually yeah. that hard in a lot of them you just need to go into like settings yeah, exactly. and it's all there yeah. you just swipe something it's actually quite yeah it's it, it's for me it's about asking yourself what do you use your phone for what 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 aspects of your life does it really help you and which aspects does it take away from you Mm. and you can go okay and that's gonna be different for all of us we've all got different lives so for someone whatsapp might be the best thing in the world and a lifesaver some people go you know what i've got a mate who's done this they've deleted whatsapp Mm. they've just gone you know what i can't deal with this and I said to him, how are you doing? He goes, mate, it's unbelievable. I feel so good. Once he got over that kind of hump of missing out, all these things that we can't live without, well... We did live without. We did live without. <laughs> now, it doesn't mean we need to go Our back there. Without, yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, women did live without the vote. I don't know if I want to go back there. No, no. I mean. Exactly. <laughs> right? Great again, Ellie. But, um. it, <laughs> but I think it's about intentionality. It's just about asking yourself questions as you might do in any other aspects of your life not just taking what they've given you Mm. do you know what I mean that's all just question a little bit and then ask yourself this what relationships in my life do I think are being adversely affected by my use of my phone it's a pretty it can be a pretty uh, hard hitting question (laughs) yeah a few deep breaths before you do it yeah but but unless we're honest with ourselves we ain't ever going to change anything yeah, you know. oh, yeah, and that have you ever done that thing where you look at um as a setting, which again they don't talk about how many hours a day oh. you spend on a thing. No. And I did that years ago because I was getting into <laughs> transcendental meditation and they were like, You've got to do it twice a day for twenty minutes and I was like, Oh fuck off, I haven't got that sort of time, that's ludicrous. <laughs> and then they the man was like, Look at your phone, go into this thing and look at how many hours you spent yesterday on yeah. this, that and I was like Oh, I've got 40 minutes a day, sunshine. <laughs> I've got a few hours, to be fair. Like, and I don't, I don't do it. If I'm honest, I don't do it for 40 minutes a day. Mm. But I do, if I feel out of whack, I make myself go in and look at that and go, yeah, you're, you've got time. You, you just, you know, but it's, 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 it makes you feel a bit sick for about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and that it's also like, you know, what are you using this for? Instagram is not inherently good or bad, right? There's, there's lots of good on it. There's lots of negatives about it. For some people, this disconnection, this uh, loneliness that exists in the modern world now, we we think that being on Instagram and scrolling for three hours in the evening is um, fixing that hole that we feel deep inside from the loneliness. And in many cases, I would say in most cases, it's not. 
It's distracting you from that loneliness that you feel. You know, the interactions. And look, you know, you can make good interactions, but I think there's something about electronic communication that in many ways can be, not always, but can be quite one-dimensional sometimes. It's Mm. not the richness of like the 3D. Mm. And you know, the research on this is super interesting. You know, one of the chapters in the the book is called Talk to Strangers. Like, so each chapter's got like a... A principle or a life lesson that I believe to be universal that if you practice it will help you on that path to happiness or what I call core happiness and one of them is taught to strangers and it's this idea that actually of course relationships are important for our well-being and we've got deep intimate relationships which are important of course but we've also got the kind of more transient and seemingly trivial ones but they're not trivial Right? There's a thing in the brain called the sociometer and it's constantly uh, detecting and scanning your external environment to look for threats. And one of the things that it likes is when you get a nodding smile or um, you know, a handshake or a nice comment. And you know, the, the research on this is so, so clear that when we regularly talk to strangers, we feel better and they feel better. Um, it, it's abs- what if they just want to be left alone longer? <laughs> okay. What if they just want some peace and quiet? So, right. <laughs> talk to my children all day. I don't want to talk to you while I'm ordering me latte. Well, that's actually the experience I had. When, I remember the first time I came to London, and uh, I think it was in my 20s, right? Hello, so I, sir. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I've come from the north. Well, yeah. Not with that bloody accent. I, for, I, actually, actually, you know what? I forgot this morning that I was in London because I just said hi to someone while I was jogging. Oh, you fool. Yeah, and I was like, oh, wrong. I forgot. <laughs> Incorrect. But, but, right, come on, get him a taxi. He doesn't belong here. He's, he's embarrassed himself. But I remember in my, in, my, in my 20s, I got on the tube at Euston somewhere. I remember just... You know, I was like that excited. Like, I'm in London, no, no, and they're no. like, "Oh, hey, mate, how you doing?" on the on the tube. Huh? Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, and the god, and the guy you literally... just get your cock out. I've done with it. You're gonna make a fool of yourself. Go all in. Oh my like, god. literally stared at me. It was like, like, Why? like a, yeah, and that goes. And, 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 and I've had that experience on several occasions. Having said that. I actually think more people want to talk on the tube than we think, right? And I mean, just if, if you'll um, uh, indulge me to tell you about this awesome study in Chicago that was repeated in London, right? This um, psycho- He's going to present you with lots of facts, Ellie, that's going to be be good. Well, I, I feel a bit of pressure now to, to report the study accurately, but... Go on, change your mind. Okay, Nick Apley, right? Chicago, commuter trains, right? right. Commuter trains in right. Chicago. Commuters were asked to do one of three things. One, do what you normally do on the train. Two, keep yourself to yourself. Number three, make strike up a conversation with someone you don't know. Right. Before he did it, he asked them, the group who had to strike up a conversation, what did they think? They, they estimated that 30 to 40%, I think, of people they spoke to would not want to have been spoken to. They wouldn't have liked it. Anyway, the study, which has been replicated loads and loads of times, is that people basically think that people don't want to be stopped and spoken to. But in almost every case, the person who they spoke to was happy, felt better afterwards. But also the group who had to speak to someone, when they were um, studied and asked questions at the, at the end of the commute and at the end of the day, their sense of positivity and well-being had gone up and it lasted throughout the day. Right, so 
some psychologists call this a vitamin S, like we talk about our multivitamins. This is the social vitamin, what we get from the social interaction with others. Now, of course, some people want to be left alone. You know, a, a part of being able to have good relationships is being able to be tuned into what people want. Like on the tube, yeah, sometimes people are rushing around. They don't want to be spoken to. They want to put their headphones on yeah. and escape. I totally understand and that. Also, I think that. I'm sorry, I think there's, an, there's an, an angle with gender here as well, because sometimes as a woman, especially when I yeah. was younger and I was out, you know, when people gave, gave a shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but sometimes a man was, if a man starts a conversation with you, you don't always know that he's just being friendly or the intentions are good, because it can often need to hassle or just aggro. And yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, know? and I can, you know, I can't obviously literally emphasize, uh, empathize with that. Try! <laughs> Believe me, I'm trying. And I, no, and I understand that. I understand that. Our new podcast is called Shouting an Expert. <laughs> but I, I think it's a great point. And what's the race? And all I would say is, let's forget about the tube for a moment, right? And take it into, you're going to Starbucks to pick up a coffee, right? You can just have your phone on, list your phones, take the order, take your coffee and go on. Or you say, hey, how's it going? You know, oh, thanks so much for the coffee. How's your day been? Right? Something so simple. That stuff makes a difference to how you feel about yourself. Mm. That's who we are as humans. We're social animals. We're wired to be together. And one of the problems is that we are, we're switching ourselves off from other people. So if you say hi to the barista, if you say hello to the Amazon delivery driver and say something nice, if you say hi to the postman, hey, thanks so much. How's it going? you know what? You feel better. That person feels better. And you are literally working on your levels of happiness. You know, happiness is not an attain is not an unattainable uh, kind of mirage type thing that we can't get to. I think we've misdefined happiness in the modern world, in my view. I think happiness is something that is there for everyone. It's a skill. It's not a destination we get to. It's something we can train and get better at. One of the ways you can get better at it it's by saying hi to people. Don't don't be a cunt. That, I think that's just don't. Yeah, exactly. Don't be a cunt. Say, say it another way. The book. That's don't what be a cunt. Yeah. That's a good book. Maybe next book. Next one. <laughs> I I love just complimenting people on. I'm like, oh my god, I love your shoes. And you see their face literally light mm. up, and they're like, oh, that's made my day. It, or just and I thought that's cost me nothing. That was thirty seconds, but I I just was like, oh my god, your your outfits brought me joy. Or thank you, this is the most delicious latte ever. Um, and sometimes Ellie does take the piss out of me because I can be a little bit enthusiastic when I'm like, oh my God, this is lovely water. Oh, wonderful. But but I, but, but it gives me joy. I get totally. so much from it. And, and Well, then that's all that counts. <laughs> but you spread it. This is how we, you know, you spread the love around, right? Yeah, this, yeah exactly. People like it, especially yeah. after the last two years. People want to be around other people. Not everyone's extroverted not everyone no. wants to have a I think I'm both though you see I like yeah, I, exactly. I like show off and we do our shows and we go out there and it's all tits and rah 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 but then I need I know now I have to be on my own at home with my family or perhaps even without them to recharge and totally. so I can do all that I think you can be both mm. yeah one of the things I've learned in the pandemic and also becoming separated is saying no oh, wow. and and mm. and not pleasing everyone all the time and because that's a dopamine that's an addiction when someone said can you do that for me i'm like yes of course i don't need to sleep or i'll make all those things and and i think that's 
the thing that you think is going to make you happy is pleasing people all the time but actually it's not because then your reserves go down and then you're yeah. like what am I actually doing for myself and I think that's 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 a really that's really hard when you're naturally a people pleaser but I so, probably need to work on saying yes more to be honest I mean let's not bring this up now my first answer is no I don't want to see that no, no. Uh, no I thought that phrase you just you said that really I found super fascinating when you're naturally a people pleaser. Mm. So a few years ago, I would have said I'm naturally a people pleaser. That's me. But I now describe myself as a people pleaser in recovery. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, a a lot of our behavioral patterns get locked in when we're kids. I remember, and there's, there's certainly an immigrant type mentality to this, which is, you know, you know, my parents came over from India, they struggle, they face discrimination, all kinds of things. They don't want their kids to go through it. So their way of dealing with that is that you need to excel at school. You know, you get good grades, you'll go to a good union, you get a good job, you won't have to face any of this, right? So I remember if I came home from school with 19 out of 20 in a test, my mum would say, why don't you get 20? It's only now that I can unpick so many of my patterns and behavioral tendencies and go, oh, wow. Oh, I get it. Your whole life, you've you've needed that external validation. It's only when you've achieved or you've won or you've done something, right? Do you feel as though you're worthy of love, right? And I think that and many a few other things uh, resulted in me becoming a people pleaser. You know, I've come to the conclusion that personality, a lot of the things that we think are us, aren't us. They are adaptations. They are defensive structures that we put in place to get us through. And for me, my sense of freedom and peace has come these days from going back in as hard as it was and unpicking it and unraveling it and letting go of a lot of it. And, I, and actually, it's really interesting. Yeah, because I now I'm going to go back and think about that phrase for myself, because I think you think, oh, no, that's just me. And so you just say, well, that's who I am rather than that's who I've become. So I think that's... um. Yeah, that's good. You're welcome, listener. We're solving all their problems, obviously. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just everything. Absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely nailing it. Now, while we're talking, here's a very natural segue. <laughs> Please, could you naturally segue to our sponsor, Ellie? Well, we'll talk a bit some more about your book, Doctor Up My House, later. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's do, an, let's do an on yeah. We're into gut health these days, aren't we, we mate? I can't get enough of gut health. Ellie. I wish you'd have less. I wish you'd eat less lentils, to be honest. I this know is, it's good for you, but I know. good grief. In the van, eight oh. hours to Leeds or whatever. This good is the thing. Lord. I'm often eating a lot of kimchi. I've had my kombucha. I've had my lentils. And then I hop in a van with you for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> and this podcast is, of course, sponsored by Bimuno, which was it, is a prebiotic. It's a prebiotic. You've had it. It comes in sachets. Yes, yeah, so it comes. It's like it's like a little white powder mm-hmm. um, but a healthy one <laughs> yes and you it's really good and so I got into it because Michael Mosley uh, he's is he like your deadly rival Dr Michael Mosley <laughs> do you have fights in car parks and <laughs> <laughs> um, Dr. Michael Mosley. It's like blurring a woman's sworn enemy. Dr. Michael Mosley. Here he has a, a vendetta with. And he. This is good. He this did a thing on one of his. Why have you missed me? Why have you missed me? to respond. He did a thing on his TV programme, which I think is called Dr. Michael Mosley in the House, where, um, about sleep, I ended up trying Bimuno because of that. Um, and I've, I've, it's really good because it's really easy to use. You, you pour it in like a smoothie. You put, I've put it in cups of tea before. It's a taste of anything. Yeah. Let's be we, like Ideally, we would all get fibre from our food. When we had a doctor, that's what you'd probably say. I always would adopt a, f- a food-first approach with patients, but... I absolutely, like, I'm not going to talk about specifics. No, no, of course, but, no, no, no. Um, I do use supplements with patients, with myself from time to time, because I think, you know, we can't all get what we ideally want to. It doesn't mean that food isn't what we should be aiming for. It's just, you've got to be realistic as well. Some mm, people are too yeah. busy, they struggle, they don't have enough time to make what they want to make. So I think supplements definitely have a role. Yeah. And you th- do you think gut health, is that one of the pillars? Should we be looking at that more? Yeah, I, I, yeah gut health is really, really important. Anything you can do to improve your gut health is going to have knock-on effects on multiple aspects of your health. It's not just your gut. That's the mm. incredible thing about it. It can potentially help your moods, your joints, your skin, you know, your cognition. All kinds of things now we know are linked to the health of your gut. And there's Many different ways that you can improve your gut health, for sure. Uh, food is one of them, but also sleep, stress, they all make a difference as well. So, yeah, big fan of gut health. Excellent. Yeah. So, Bimuno is a prebiotic. Now, prebiotic is the fibery one, right? Probiotic is little bacteria. Is that the Pre- difference? Prebiotic is essentially... Think of it like this. Prebiotic is the stuff that your gut bugs eat. So, right. you're feeding the gut bugs inside you with a prebiotic. And... A probiotic is when you are trying to give the gut bug yeah. to your gut. Like when you ate a whole jar of sauerkraut in one go. Oh, yeah, that was, that was an error. Because <laughs> this is the thing. Sometimes Did I you go all in on gut health? Oh, Did you go, sauerkraut's oh, good, oh, I'm going to have God. the whole yeah, jar? Yeah, I just ate the whole thing and I felt very unwell. I should have just had a little supplement in the morning and had a much more variety of food. Um, but, yes, I, I like having a, a supplement or something in the morning because almost, it's almost a ritual, like you are saying, like a 
thing if I have a if I have a spoonful of something good in the morning I think no I'm going to make a good choice for the rest of the day but yeah um yeah I got into McKimchi's and to McKimbutchers and all that sort of stuff but I do feel better for it absolutely um but yes and and Ellie where can where can the listeners go to get this supplement unbelievably if they go to buymuno.com Helen they that, can buy it there is that b-i-m-u-n-o.com that's right that's <laughs> This is how you do. This is how you do your outfits. Yours are much better. Oh no. Oh yes. I've been wearing barefoot shoes for seven years. You say things like that, don't but you? But it's, it's it's true. I oh, know. No, no. She yeah. wears them all the time. They're very I was good. Like, I've oh, been listening to Rogan again. Very good. Yeah. yeah she, she wears them all. I've got to say, I think it's a very authentic sponsor read. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I, I, you. Actually, you know what? This is the first. I don't think I've ever witnessed <laughs> a live oh, uh, real-time <laughs> podcast sponsory. <laughs> so I feel very lucky. Do many people get to sit in on this stuff? No, this like, no. no. <laughs> yes, and what's more, Helen, if yes. you go to buymuno.com, as I'm sure you will be doing directly... I'm doing it now! <laughs> You can save 25% on your first order. Not when 20%, you not 15 No, that's, I just said 25 They that's heard brilliant. that. They heard that. That's, that's, a, that's a quarter, that's isn't a, it? That is a quarter. <laughs> You're not having a proportion of the profits from this podcast, Morgan. <laughs> don't care what. Don't it's wink at me. It's your first order when you subscribe, Ellie. Yeah, that's what I said also. They've brilliant. heard that. Okay, good. Is your gut health affecting your fucking memory? You oh. need to eat some bime, you know. Yes, I do. I, stop eating sauerkraut, Helen. <laughs> For all our sakes. Um, yes. <laughs> Is that the most professional? Is this the most professional podcast you've ever been involved with? Um, it's definitely the most authentic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I like real that. women. That's I'll nice. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. We'll real women. On, we'll put that on our Edinburgh poster for this year. The most authentic podcast. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> the longest running podcast. Yes. Uh, Least yes. professional, most uh, authentic. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh well, thank you again, bymuno.com, uh, for sponsoring the podcast. And, you know, improving my bowels. Next, it's time. (laughs) (laughs) It's time now for Scummy Mummy Confessions. Do you want to talk about your braces? Have you had any mishaps with your braces? Not amusing ones. No. I've got ulcers. Oh, it's (laughs) embarrassing. Yeah, I might have one about my braces. Um, oh, well, it's more of a confession that you should tell, really. Um, so I had, I've, I'm, I've got these braces on uh, for the listener, and um, basically, I had a baby tooth and it fell out. It's a boring story, but the, the only thing that can be done is to have braces at the age of forty-four, which makes me feel simultaneously incredibly young and very, very old. It's a very strange sensation, <laughs> and so I've got these braces. I've never had them before. It's really weird, and I found the first week really difficult. It's very painful and getting used to what I could eat. And I, I to be honest, I didn't know like I wouldn't be able to bite down properly and all this sort of it was it was quite hard it was oh. quite tough and it's much easier now I'm, I'm, it's all fine I'm getting on with it but that first week was really tough and I remember you were very supportive on WhatsApp mm. and you were like you had braces when you were a teenager and you were like you'll be alright mate and you know is there anything I can do blah 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 and I was like yeah and then later that day you went just having a lovely dinner and you sent me a picture of a fucking steak <laughs> A steak, a rare steak, Ronan, a rare steak, something I will not be able to eat for 11 months and two weeks. That's empathy right there she was for cross. you. She was very cross. <laughs> it wasn't really. No, I thought it was very funny. Did you, did you um and ah before pressing sound? Not at all. No, no. I, I, no, I did it with with such gay abandon. I forgot. I was like, I'm out, because I was at your friend's restaurant. I was like, oh, look, I'm, I'm yeah. eating at Dan's restaurant. And you're like, fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off. That's a true friendship, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's That's, lovely. Yeah. yeah. So, it's very, it's very nice. Uh, what about you? Have you sent any messages that have made your friends feel really sad lately? 
Um, have I sent any messages? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm trying to think now. Have you ever had worms? I mean, do do your kids get sick? Do uh, you, I know what what is the shittest thing you've fed them? Do they eat chicken nuggets? Do you go to McDonald's? Come on. Right, so I'm, I'm so <laughs> very uncomfortable. He doesn't know what the right answer. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I'll give you the honest answer. Okay. But uh, can I just caveat it by? Um, saying that whenever I talk about my experience or sort of my uh, parenting style, I'm so conscious that, it, you know, parents, we all get, we can get triggered sometimes when we hear what other people do yeah. with their kids. And I never want anyone to feel bad about what they're doing. We all make choices that we think are right. Mm-hmm. Do my kids go to McDonald's? No. Have they ever been? They haven't. Right? They're 11 yeah. and 9 and... Um, yeah, that, that's the truth. You that's know? amazing. No, actually, that's thank absolutely. you for your honesty. That's no, I, don't write in. He's just living his truth. He's just telling. His I truth. am. I'm living my truth. And yeah. also, I know not to change the tone, but you know, a story you've not spoken about today, which has influenced my whole trajectory of my career, is you know, my son nearly died when he was six months old. So, my relationship to parenting has been heavily influenced by what happened then Mm. and you know I felt a lot of guilt around what happened to him so it was a preventable vitamin deficiency ended up in having a convulsion in a French hospital and you know we thought he was going to die possibly on that first night and so to give a bit of context to people Mm. that has massively influenced me and my quest to get him better as if that had never happened which has pretty much driven everything I've done for the past 11 years of my career also meant that through my learnings, I was possibly and probably still am overprotective on certain elements, particularly with him. And so is that the right approach? I don't know. Do you ever know as a parent if you're doing the Absolutely right approach? Not. None no. of us are doing the right approach all the time, though, surely. I mean, that's... Yeah, we're that's trying our best. We just stumble through it. It's just yeah. one day at a time, isn't yeah. it? And that's and it, all we... It, so will they have pizza from science time? Yeah. 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 Right? So it's not as if they never have things that possibly aren't the most health-promoting, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Right? <laughs> but I, I personally draw a line at McDonald's, and just for me, it's not consistent with what I value and what I value for my kids. But I've definitely softened over the past few years, that's for sure. Mm. You know, I think a few years ago, and if you'd asked me this question, you'd probably be quite shocked. Like I, I think I've had to soften and I think it's been good for me to soften. And I'm sure sometimes just always doing the right thing. I'm not sure how helpful that is either. Like I question this sometimes, like I really do. And I, I think I've had some quite perfectionist tendencies relating maybe to some yeah. of the things we, we've already spoken about mm. that I that haven't been that healthy for me. Mm. Like, yes, on the outside, it can look like you're achieving and you've got a good job and you're doing well. But, you know, what's under the surface? Is that coming... Are you feeling good about yourself whilst you're doing it? You know, yeah. as, as my friend Pippa says, are you winning shallow? Are you winning deep? Right. And, and I'm not sure sometimes if those perfectionist tendencies, when I've tried to apply that to parenting, which I which I have, I was going to say I probably have. No, I have. I I'm not convinced that that was necessarily the best thing to do. Having said that, was I doing the best? Am I continuing to do the best that I can for my kids? Yes, I am. And you also, you know, they also know what you know. <laughs> 
but also my kids they kind of they sort of know what daddy does for his career they know what daddy says in public what mm. they've kind of watched all these appearances of me on telly since i was young doctor in the house they've yeah. seen doctor in the house right yeah, everyone has Actually, i think i do have a very strong personality i know what i believe and i go for it and so maybe i don't know you know sometimes i wonder is it kind of so hard <laughs> It's hard being my kids, you know. Do they know what daddy stands for? So are they then trying to behave and act in a way that's in accordance with that? I don't know. You know, time will tell whether <laughs> I've done the best thing or whether actually they'll push back. No. I'm certainly doing the best I can. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's it's very interesting because you write books about health and we are the scummy mummies. Like our symbolism is, is like mm. our pillars are like fish fingers, wine. And, and that's how we've brought up our kids. But it's not to say they don't have balance and we don't... Yeah feed them you know you know we give them at least a cucumber a day and then i uh, feel bad here yeah. I, I feel bad this is my own inner insecurities mm. i feel bad coming on your show and i know the vibe and i know you too and i love the kind of <laughs> happiness and the laughing and the comedy and then when you ask me like do you feed your kid your kids nuggets i'm like oh my god i'm gonna sound like a complete idiot here because <laughs> no, like, do you know what i mean but that's that's yeah. my own internal voice yeah, that then yeah, goes yeah. on it's like oh what are people gonna think yeah yeah, yeah when I say I don't but I'm not going to lie no, I'm going to no, tell no, the truth I've, I've, I'd much rather you were honest always and mm. we always try and be honest and that's what's true but I don't want to be honest and make people feel bad ultimately like, one thing I've also learned is that I actually and this is something I've only learned in the last years I can't actually make anyone else feel bad I've learned that like I can say yeah. something yeah, but absolutely. only they here's the truth it's a harsh truth for some of us to learn but we're ultimately we're responsible for our emotions if we feel bad it's kind of and I felt bad over things that I've heard from people say before, but actually I need to own that and go, actually, I've been triggered. Mm. It's highlighting something in me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you can't, you know, it's who you are. It, it's like... Um, I've got to tell the like truth, say, I've got to be you've me. You've got to tell the truth. And when we started Scummy Mummies, as you say, it's called Scummy Mummies, right? Yeah. The clue is in the name and it was all about, oh, we're terrible scammers, blah, blah, blah. and we are in lots of ways. Mm. But also, um, I, in some ways... I'm a really highly organised, neat freak. I fold my knickers. That's what I'm saying to you. My spice drawer is <clears throat> alphabetised. And for years, I would never say that one. I didn't want to make anyone else feel bad. Yeah. And in recent years, I've like come out as this, actually, this person who actually uptight. likes yeah. a tidy house. But, then, but what you would say uptight, I would say organised. Yeah. I would say, that's the thing I was frightened of people calling yeah. me uptight. Yeah, 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 and actually... Yeah. I'm going to own it and say, I don't think I am uptight. I no, think that gives I'm you a sense of calm. more relaxed and yeah. calmer yeah. when my I've, I feel like I've got some of my shit together. And a lot yeah. of that's to do with kids because there's a lot of shit I can't control. Yeah. And I have and I do, I have learned to go, yeah, there's Lego all over the floor and I'm too fucking tired to tidy it up. And that is all right. And I can walk away from that and yeah. leave that till tomorrow. Yeah. It's like you said before, right? Sometimes you're an introvert, sometimes you're an extrovert, mm. right? We've all got these multiple aspects of who we are. Like, we don't need to define ourselves and say, oh, this, you know, just because you decided X amount of years ago to call your thing the scummy mummies, that doesn't have to define you <clears throat> and your behaviours and what you say to the world for the rest of your life. It's like, well, yeah, that's one element of who I am, but there's also these elements. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's a... Mm. I think that's something, you know, we, we everything's black and white. Like, we're either this or we're that. It's like, well, no, life's a bit messy. We're different things in different aspects of our life. Oh, no, I just, in all seriousness, thank you very much for sharing your confession, which is that you deprive your children of McDonald's. <laughs> that's going to go there. Nando's, have they had a cheeky Nando's? Uh, they have, actually. Yeah. There we go. There we see. are. There we go. Peri, peri nice. There we are. <laughs> yeah, they have. But do you know what? That was actually at... Uh, 
a friend of mine's house and they got the takeaway in when we got there. So that wasn't me consciously choosing that. <laughs> <laughs> that was step by step. step <laughs> like, exactly. By step, that step. was like, oh, okay, cool. We're just going to have to go. Don't we're going to have to just go straight away. Yeah. No, we're no, have to no, go no. with the flow here. No, no, get Helen, a friend to. Let's post his kids some McNuggets. <laughs> in a little jiffy bag <laughs> or do do it through the um, fence like uh, the Jamie Oliver thing <laughs> it's fine it's fine <laughs> oh I can't tell you what a joy it's been thank oh, you so much I've had a lot of fun thanks thank for having you. me on the show thanks for inviting me oh thanks now flog your book what's your book called uh book's called happy minds happy life uh 10 simple ways to live better every day yeah of I've... the 10 simple ways what's the best one come on quick fire number one if people do one thing Talk to strangers. Talk to strangers. Excellent. If they look up for it. <laughs> <laughs> they look like me. <laughs> but, but genuinely, like, you know, fifth book I've written in five years, it is hands down, in my view, the best book I've written. I think it's the most applicable. I think it's... I've been very honest. I've been very vulnerable. I've shared stuff that I think people will find interesting, maybe intriguing. I really feel what we need is more compassion. And... Happiness is something that we often talk about now as something we shouldn't be chasing. You know, we've got it all wrong. The reason we, we've got it wrong is because we think happiness is that picture on the billboard of the smiling couple with their kids on the beach with the ocean behind them. Right, that's a pleasurable experience. That's not necessarily happiness. It can form part of a happy life, but it isn't happiness. Happiness is a skill that whoever you are, whether you're a stressed out mum who is struggling to get through every day, or whether you feel life's all right, it's pretty good, but I know I'm I'm missing something. I genuinely believe that these 10 uh, principles, not rules, principles, guidelines, you apply one of them regularly, you will feel happier than you currently do. Apply two or three, and you'll find in a few months that your life will be transformed. I'm, I'm so proud of it. Like, I so hope that people use it in their lives. I think it will make them better parents, better partners, better human beings. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's something I'm I'm so, so proud of. And uh, yeah, I hope people enjoy it. Thank you so much. And just going to say, it's not very long. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, you can easily read it and it's quick. And I, I gobbled it up yesterday. <laughs> Don't look at gas. People need to know. Silly. That's it's the not... nicest thing you can say about his book. It's no, short. I, I, I feel... Easy to read. I like that. I, I tried <laughs> to make read. it easy to read. Oh, you should have made it a pop-up. Should have given it five stars. <laughs> I loved it. I felt so, so much happier after reading it. And also, it's really practical and accessible. And you can dip in and out of it. This is brilliant. And you'll instantly feel better just from reading it as well. i tell you what else might make you feel better, Helen. What's that? If you go to buymuno.com. Oh, yes. 25% off your first order. Oh, my God. Some, uh, some... You'll be happy and your gut will be happy. Yeah. Look at this, we're changing lives. <laughs> anyway, we've, we've got a show. We're going all around the country. We're coming to Chesterfield, Tamworth, Nottingham, Sunderland. Uh, Tewkesbury. Yep. Horsham. Henley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mornington Crescent. Bath. Uh, uh, Cambridge. Cambridge. We've got two nights in Cambridge. And the Sausage and Cider Festival in Derbyshire. I'm so excited. We're going to, we're going to perform at this Sausage and Cider Festival. Amazing. Probably, I don't know if you like sausages or cider, but it's going to be amazing. They've got all these tribute bands like Fleetwood Back and uh, Little Fix. And it's the Police Force. Force. You know, sometimes the tribute bands are actually 
better sometimes. This oh, is it. We do you know what I mean? Sometimes are so good. Flip, I love Fleetwood Mac, so I cannot wait to meet oh. Fleetwood back. Stevie Mix, obviously, will be there. Stevie Mix. Uh, <laughs> Nick Fleetwood on the drums. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, yeah. it's going to be amazing scenes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's what's happening. We've got shops, gummyrummies.com. Yeah. Uh, and my book, Get Divorced, Be Happy. When's the paperback coming out? Oh really? my God, it's very funny you should ask. It's July 27th. Excellent. It's much, much cheaper than the hardback. Is it shorter than Rongan's book? Uh, no, it's longer actually. Oh, you've missed very... a trick there. So therefore, buy Rongan's book first and yes. then buy my paperback. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you once again for coming on the podcast. You've That's been an amazing guest. Uh, amazing <laughs> guest. Yes, I can't even, I'm speaking tribute band now. It's my braces, it's my braces. You've been an amazing guest. <laughs> And it's lovely to meet you. Yeah, thank you. It's wrong with the book. It's excellent, and you can read it quite quickly. (laughs) Stop saying that. It's a good thing. It's a selling point. It's a USP. Is that what you you thought? You sat down. You were like, right, here we go. Book number five. Oh, let's keep this one short. I, I did, yeah. Did you? Yeah. There you go. Well, but, oh, but short in the sense of... Oh, next time just do a fucking limerick. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.